I was realizing that naturalism, my worldview, didn't have an apologetic. Mm. Uh, there, I could not explain, uh, for example, uh, the existence of a moral depth to reality. That, that an objective moral reality existed. I couldn't explain that on naturalism, ultimately. Does absolute truth exist, and what does it matter anyway? You know, as we interact with our friends and family about life, many of those folks do not believe in absolute or what we call objective truth. They say that may be true for you, but not for me. Yet they also may have strong beliefs that things should or shouldn't be a certain way in the world. Is there objective truth? What does it matter if there is or is not? And how does that impact the way we share our faith or disciple someone? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with The Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is the first of four very interesting and helpful podcasts featuring my interview with Mr. John Noyce. Mr. Noyce was born and raised in Plymouth, Massachusetts. He was an atheist for a number of years, but came to know the Lord by investigating what the truth really is. He is now on staff with a ministry called Stand to Reason, an apologetics ministry. You can find out more information about that ministry at str.org. John was gracious enough to visit with me recently about the role of apologetics as we seek to help people grow spiritually. He starts today by telling us how he became a believer. I have with me today Mr. John Noyes, who is associated with a ministry that my wife and I have really been blessed by called Stand to Reason. We'll learn more about that in just a little bit. So welcome this morning, John. Oh, thank you so much, David. It's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. We wanted to explore a little bit of the idea of the role of apologetics in discipling and evangelism and kind of how that what that might look like. Before we get there, I'd just like to learn more about you and kind of your story, how you uh, became a Christian and so on. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, my story starts, I, this is the way I normally say this, my story starts as all good stories do with I met a girl and uh, I had moved, gosh, when was this? 15 years ago or so, I moved from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles, California. And my very first night in L.A., I was at a party and I met the most incredible girl. And she, uh, it was in the high rise. The party was in a high rise overlooking the L.A. skyline. I was on the balcony. And in the front door of this apartment walked the most amazing girl. She was like loud and like kind of commanded control of the room and got everybody's attention. And uh, I had kind of a reputation because I was moving to LA and I knew my, my sister lived in LA. So she knew all these people. So I had a little bit of a reputation. So she wanted to come, uh, Rihanna, not my sister, Rihanna, um, who's now my wife. She wanted to uh, meet me. So she like kind of hightailed it to the door, to the screen door. I was out on the patio and she walked straight into the screen door <laughs> and she bumped right into it. She fell back on her bottom flung her hair back and let out a, a ridiculous laugh. She has an amazing laugh that you can hear from anywhere. And I like right then and there, I was in love with her. And uh, through a series of events, we started dating and eventually fairly soon into our relationship came out that she was a Christian. I was an atheist and things did not mesh for me. It's funny because normally it's like the Christian who breaks off the relationship and uh, because of worldview issues. Well, in this case, it was like, I was like the one who was concerned because <laughs> I, I thought Christians were dumb. I thought they, uh, they didn't know what they were talking about. 
And anyways, my wife was extremely smart. She was very patient with me. And we, uh, uh, another series of events happened. She invited me to church. I went to church with her. It was really weird, uh, super strange. Um, But I met a lot of really good people. And uh, it was through really those relationships uh, with both uh, Rihanna, my now wife, and those people that she introduced me to. They put up with my questions. They did the best they could to answer me. A lot of the times they couldn't give me answers, um, but they left they left room for me to kind of dig and uh, prod them. And, uh, you know, I eventually, um, somebody gave me a book uh, on, on a Christian apologetics, never heard of it before. And in that book, I was uh, kind of confronted with the reality that the Christian story it actually makes sense of the way the world really is. And then I started to re-examine my worldview. And just like my wife bumped into that screen door, I started bumping into the world. I started bumping into reality. And, uh, and, and reality is the way the world really is, right? And when you live in accordance with reality, things go pretty, pretty well. When you live in a way that is contradicting reality, it hurts. It can hurt. And there were certain bumps that I uh, experienced and uh, eventually um, through kind of digging into those areas uh, of, of uh, the world around me, I realized that my naturalism couldn't explain fundamental features of the world around me. And actually Christian theism could. And then I did a pretty deep dive into the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus, mainly to disprove Jesus. Like I I wanted to disprove this because I didn't want God to be real. Uh, I liked my life just fine the way it was. I didn't go through any serious crisis, Uh, uh, you know, and and I was having a good time. By the world's, uh, you know, scale, I was extremely successful. I was working at uh, one of the world's best law firms and uh, having a good time in in Hollywood, California. but. I came to realize that my naturalism just simply wasn't true. And truth was something that I've always believed is kind of paramount. We should always be living according to what, what is true. And uh, so eventually I relented. I gave my, my life to God, I guess, I guess God kind of took it. (laughs) And, and that's kind of the short version of, of my little story, you know, Great. Nothing, nothing but the grace of God, man. I'm, I'm just happy to be here is what I tell my wife. (laughs) Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you've used a couple of words that people may not be totally familiar with. One is naturalism and then apologetics. So why don't we start with naturalism? Tell us what that is, kind of the paradigm that that is, and then go on into apologetics and kind of define that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure, David. Um, so naturalism is the, it's a worldview. Uh, sometimes we conflate it with materialism or atheism. So it's the idea that everything that is, everything in existence, arose by a purely naturalistic process. Um, we can sometimes, again, we conflate it with maybe our Darwinism uh, or, you know, everything is, has evolved and there's no room for God. There's no room for the supernatural mm-hmm. at all. So you have to look at the world around us and you have to explain every feature of the world by a purely naturalistic process. And, and that's actually what... I mean, I, I was, I was, uh, I was stuck in that worldview. That's what I thought. I, th- I thought naturalism had all the answers, mm-hmm. and it turns out that it didn't. And it was Christian apologetics that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Now, apologetics—the way, man—the way that I would define it is, um, 
It's a reasoned or rational defense for the Christian worldview. Now, that's Christian apologetics. Apologetics is simply a word that comes from the Greek apologia or apologia. Uh, it means defense, to give a defense for something that you believe. And in our case, for this, the, I guess, for this podcast, it's uh, centered on the Christian worldview. So apol- Christian apologetics is to give an argued or reasonable offense as to why the Christian worldview is true, meaning why it accurately reflects the way the world really is, reality. Good, good. That's very helpful. In your case then, John, the uh, apologetics, the uh, understanding of the reasons for the faith, really was pretty instrumental in your coming to faith. Is that a true statement, oh, would you say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reverse was true, too. So, so there's the positive case that was being made, but then there was also a negative case being made. So as, as I was realizing, and it was actually probably the negative case first, I was realizing that naturalism, my worldview didn't have an apologetic. Mm. Uh, there, I could not explain, uh, for example, uh, the existence of a moral depth to reality, that, that uh, an objective moral reality existed. I couldn't explain that on naturalism, ultimately. Um, I couldn't explain uh, the, the big holy cow questions. Where did it all come from? You know, where did everything come from? I'm, I'm not talking the chair I'm sitting at the table. We can explain these things, but notice everything that is here, everything that exists came into existence from somewhere. And if we chase the trail down, we can, you know, we can dissect it and pull it apart. We go, okay, this came from China. Well, this factory made this and this factory assembled this. Well, what about the universe? Like the scientific, uh, the scientific community seems to believe that it, it came into existence and what hasn't always been. So what caused that, you know? And, and so I started leaning into these things, uh, uh, the, the, the existence of the, of, of us, you know, the, the soul or what I would have said is consciousness. I couldn't explain it on my naturalism. It's that immaterial aspect of us that we're constantly aware of every waking right. moment of every single day. And then all of a sudden, so my naturalism was crumbling, but at the same time, Christian theism was offering through apologetics was offering me answers to these fundamental questions of life, questions of origin, meaning, purpose, destiny, morality. And so so there was a negative apologetic going on and the positive kind of, you know what I mean? Like a, yeah. maybe not a negative apologetic, but it was a negative, uh, my worldview wasn't able to offer an apologetic, my worldview of naturalism, where Christian theism was holding reality up and, and shining it at me. Yeah. You know? And then you look at Jesus and it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, 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 good. So. What I hear you saying also is that you had a real desire to find the truth, and that and there is some absolute truth. There is truth out there. And I'm thinking <clears throat> much of the progressive church, you know, highlights um, love and tolerance and relativism, it seems like to me. What is the role then of apologetics seeking truth to someone who maybe doesn't believe there is truth? Yeah. So <laughs> I think actually, an argument for truth is really an objective truth. And when I say objective, something is true, anything in this regard, something is true for, for all people in all places at all times. So what we need to do is we need to offer an argument for the existence of an objective truth out there. So a lot of people you had mentioned that are, are relativists. They actually, I think relativism is one of the, the one of the major issues within our culture today. But um, and people don't know that, right? They don't know they're relativists, but they are. Even some Christians, 
But uh, so, so what we need to do is we need to offer a case that truth exists. And it's, it's actually pretty easy. Like if you think about it, because somebody makes a statement to you, you know, you have your truth. I have my truth, right? You do you boo is how they say it today. You do you and I'll do me. Well, what happens if me doing me gets in your way? Well, we have a problem there. What happens if me doing me causes violence or harm to you? Then am I wrong? Or even just bring out the fact that the statement you do you assumes that's true, that that's the true way to do it, that, that mm-hmm. the doing you is what we ought to do, yeah. you know? So um, it, 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 the truth, the existence of objective truth peaks its head up in every conversation. I mean, even the conversation that we're having, David, like right now, our words actually mean something, you know, our, our words that I'm using with you actually, uh, they, they, they hold to the meaning um, more than just what I think they mean. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not advocating right now for torturing puppies. I'm actually talking to you about truth, yeah. right? So for somebody to come to me and say, how dare you say that you should torture puppies? I'm going to be like, what are you talking about? I talked with David about the existence of truth. Well, that was just what you thought, not what I thought. So mm-hmm. everything breaks down really, really fast on relativism. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so just to restate that, as I understand it, what you're saying is that uh, we need to make the argument that truth exists and it's hard to avoid it. It's, you can't it's avoid it. It's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I can't avoid it. You can. Yeah. Not if you want to live at all successfully mm-hmm. in, in the world. You can try to avoid it. But try getting a job and living out your relativism. Mm. You know, try try uh, following any type of a standard. You know, you, when you get a job, you expect to get a paycheck on Friday. Right. You know, well, if truth doesn't exist, what does that even mean? You know, so, so living life successfully in the world requires uh, truth. Absolute objective truth is unavoidable. We all operate on that basis. You know, I really appreciate John's honesty and helpful comments. Be sure to check out his ministry website at str.org. On our next podcast, we'll get into some of his thoughts about the role of apologetics in making disciples. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you will be able to hear each episode. Won't you join us next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally? The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.